Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the United States Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me, as always, when we talk lacrosse, is Dairyfield AD and boys head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Joe, I'm doing great. It was a beautiful day out today. Uh, we got we got our third third day of double sessions under our belts. Feeling good. I'm a little bit wind burned right now, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm envying that uh, that coffee you got over there. You didn't bring me oh, oh. one, man. I you you didn't place an order in time. <laughs> <laughs> the cold brew is looking good. It's uh it's funny how we how we've progressed from what our uh, what our podcasting beverages are uh, as we get older. A little mid afternoon pick me up right now would be good. But uh, yeah, excited excited to uh, excited to be back with you here. Week two for most uh, week two for most teams. Um, you know, we said last week was a good week for for most teams in terms of weather. This week's been good. And um, yeah, last, last week start. was good outside of the snow on Saturday. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and then looking ahead to this Saturday, we're we're potentially seeing thunderstorms. So yeah, only only in New Hampshire. Well, I guess New England. But, but I think yeah. most of us would say if the weeks if the weekdays are good, you know, I, we can we can take a little rain on the weekends for the most part. I I personally would prefer sixty two and thunderstorms to thirty and <laughs> snowstorms too. So anyway. Um, so we uh, we record uh, the podcast on Wednesdays, and it'll be posted Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. You can listen to it there or wherever you get your podcasts, now including Spotify and Odyssey. Uh, just go in and search uh, Ninth State Sports Show. You can listen to this week's show or any past show, and I mean really mean any because you can go all the way back to the beginning. Although I, I'd say, you know, please, you know, be fair to us and consider we were we were uh, just cutting our teeth on those early podcasts. Young pups back then. We'll see if my <laughs> you know I'm getting a little older. Maybe my voice is a little deeper. It'd be scary to scary it's, to go back. Thank yeah, God it's yeah. not on video. I don't know. That, oh, yeah, that's, that's even that's, that's even better. There. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget you can follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at at nh uh, hs sports. And as always, you can send feedback or questions uh, to any of those accounts or by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Now let's take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. The Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs. Located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play the game. It is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for custom-dyed lacrosse heads or guys, if you need a stick stringing before we start the season, you need to contact Joe. To learn more, visit them online at prolaxcustoms.com, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, or email prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. And if, uh, if you'd like to also be a sponsor for the podcast, or anything else we do at the site, like the coaches poll, all-state preseason uh, watch lists, uh, or coverage of a specific team or school, uh, please send an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Well, uh, as we, we started last week with our, our D1 preview, our, uh, our revamped preview, our burning questions for Division I, uh, this week we're going to continue that with our burning questions for Division II. Uh, I don't know what we light- got ourselves into, Joe. <laughs> this is, uh, well, I was just going to say, this is, is going to be the lightning round, uh, because, um, you know, as, as we've joked over the years, Division II is pretty much half of boys lacrosse. Uh, 20 teams... Um, we might gonna... need a buzzer though. You know me, I like to, I like to talk. I like to, I get rolling and you know, we might, we might need a buzzer. We I'll might work, need, we I'll might, work on that. I we should've... might need like an Oscars, like, like blinking light to get us off the stage here. We so. need a, uh, or we should have brought one of the little, t- uh, like hourglasses that comes go. in your, uh, in those, uh, what is it like Pictionary or something? Uh, we time ourselves with that. But what you, I, I guess, uh, I guess what we're trying to say is we're just going to jump right into this, uh, right away. Um, and try to go uh, as quickly but succinctly as we can 
get a, a, as much or in depth as we can. Um, there's a couple couple ones that we might uh, just kind of skim the surface, just because you know, like I do with with every preseason, I email all the coaches and ask for information. And um, well, the first time I get 100 percent on that will be the first, or the next time I get 100 percent will be the first time. So, but I think we got enough information we gotta, yeah, that we can kind of yeah. touch base on a, on a lot of teams here, and right. I think I think it'll be good. Um, and and usually the way, correct me if I'm wrong, but usually the way you do this is you kind of take a look at the way teams finished. Last year, in terms right. of last playoff week, standings. Yes, last week we started with Bishop Girton and Exeter, um, the teams that were in the finals last year. So we're going to do the same this week, and we're going to start with Portsmouth. And I want to tell a little story first. Uh, you know, going back to, to the spring of 2020, um, you know, when the season was un- unfortunately canceled, and I was, you know, on the phone with, with coaches and talking about what their year was going to look like. I had a, you know, a, a chat with, with Portsmouth coach uh, Chad Vischer, and uh, – you know, he said at that point, he's like, honestly, Joe, I, I, we might have been 500 this year. I'm not even sure. And I think I think that year he was serious just because he because he had never got to see them actually play. Um, but from then on, the last couple of years, you know, he's told me that again. And I'm thinking that it's it's starting to become our little joke, like like, oh, we're going to be 500 this year. Just watch. He is a superstitious uh, guy. I think it, I think at this point, if it feels like he doesn't say it, then it might actually <laughs> he might actually will it into existence. So I um, guess the first question this week is, why won't Portsmouth be 500 <laughs> this year? Well, one, uh, you know, they do have a great coaching staff there, um, and I think there, there's no doubt about it. These guys will be ready as they go into the season. Um, and I think you can look to kids like Zach Amend, right? Like, you know, he's not going to sneak up on anybody. He's verbally committed to Bryant right now. He was an electric player for them last year. Um, you know, a good two-way midfielder. Um, one of the faster guys in the division. Um, you know, they've got, a, they've got an excellent weapon at the faceoff circle in Nick Smith. Um, but, again, a person that has the ability to stay on the field and, and play offense and defense. They have a senior on attack in Keegan Delisle. Uh, that's going to be really good for them. Uh, sophomore Ben Purcell got some good time last year at both attack and midfield. So they're going to be strong. They're going to be strong there. They lose. I think they lose a little bit of depth at midfield, and, and it'll be interesting to see how their SSDMs and LSMs uh, evolve over the year there. You know, on close defense, guys like uh, Max Deep, Macy Shoney, um, and then, um, you know, Gunnar Jackson, you know, I think that's a nice core for them right there on defense. They are breaking in a new goalie in Kai Patterson this year. They've, I think they've got a couple other kids, too, kind of trying it out. Um, but that being said, their, their offense is going to be potent. They're going to be able to put the ball in the back of the net, and they're going to have a guy that's going to be able to get them the ball an awful lot. So do I see Portsmouth going 500 this year? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, if something, it's something catastrophic has to Sure, but happen. that's like with any, that's like but that's with any, any team, yeah, right? Yeah, I right, mean, right. You know, outside of a couple teams at the D1 level, we're all, we're all susceptible to injuries and, and illnesses and things like that. But, um, you know, no, I, uh, I, I fully expect that, that Portsmouth will be one of the contenders, if not, you know, one of the, the top teams again this year. I would I'd certainly have them in my top, you know, four, um, yeah. maybe probably top two. Um, are you talking in the state? And, or no, in the, in, the, in, the, in the division, in the division. I, I, might, have them, I might have them still okay. in that discussion top four for, in the, for, state. The, for yeah. the state. Um, as we come in, I think that's that's fair. You're right. They did. They lost a lot of depth, but they but the guys they've, they they've got really good guys good, coming back. Good players. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm interested to see Patterson in goal. You you mentioned him, and I feel like uh, Coach Fisher mentioned him 
a couple times last year as being a guy that was going to step up that had played really it's well. It's not a kid that doesn't yeah. have any experience. He right. was a very good at the youth level. He was really good. He just I don't think he's I don't think he's had as much time over the last couple of years. But like it's not like he's coming in with no experience there. Um, and he's got he's got great guys to shoot against at, at practice or <laughs> to practice against. So he will, I imagine he will be a pleasant surprise for them as the season goes along. Yeah, you know, and and they they did lose some guys on defense, but I, I like you mentioned uh, deep and and, and shown, and then Jackson is the one that kind of catches my eye too. I don't know how much he played last year. I believe he's a, a football guy too. B- definitely brings, a, brings a, a yeah. little bit of toughness to that. Might that be part. Of, it might be his uniform too. I think I, wanna, I think he was 44 last year, like a big number like that, uh, which yeah, made him look yeah. even bigger than he already is. <laughs> bigger than he already is. He funny, definitely, it's funny how that works. Yeah, it is funny yeah. how that works. But he definitely uh, he definitely stands out on the field. All right. Well, our second question then, following along uh, our pattern here, uh, and I said I, I said last week I would handle this question. Uh, I'm going to stick to that. Um, and because it's my question, I'm going to ask what I what I'm thinking here. So I, I just, you know, I just said I think Portsmouth is one of the top two in the in the division. I think that's because I would have uh, your Dairyfield Cougars maybe as the team to beat going into this year. Um, you know, just based off of uh, I, I don't know. That wasn't really the question. But I, so I guess I'll rephrase. Are the Cougars the team to beat this year? And I would say, yeah, I think so. Um so much returning, um, you know, you guys, I know lost a couple seniors, but they weren't guys that were regular contributors. I, I mean, you look at, 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 you know, we we were talking a little while ago and you mentioned your, your de- before we started, you mentioned your defense, how they're a year older and that's going to help. Um, but I look at that offense and the guys that are, are on there, you, you've got three guys that are what, uh, you know, going to play division one lacrosse next year in college. And two in, guys going yeah, to Merrimack, going, yeah. one guy going to Ithaca. Um, and then, you know, we do we return a lot of depth for returning guys. Um, there's a there's a player in Brady Daldo who missed last year because of, because of an ACL injury. Um, depth is definitely uh, something that we do have this season. And, and I would agree with you. I think it I think it puts us in the conversation as one of the teams to beat this year. Um, you know, again, I told you I was going to leave this to you. I don't I don't like I, talking I know you're about talking my, too I don't much like too. talking about my own team. So I'm, <laughs> you, I'm more interested to hear your your opinion on on us this year. I mean, I feel like I've been watching like Tate Flint and and Quinn Silvio and and Ethan Flanagan, um, you know, Chili Cab. I feel like those guys have been around for, I and it only be, maybe it's because it feels like it's been ten years since COVID started, but it, it feels like it's been a long time because so many of those those guys are have been so talented. And to contribute, I know a couple of those guys were were at, at Trinity before they came here, but they start there too. Um, won a championship there as sophomores. There, it's just a group that I don't I, I don't know. I feel like you guys could could give they're a hungry. lot of team. Yeah. yeah, they're hungry. They're hungry, and um, I think you know you mentioned like Chili Cabot and uh, Alex Murray is another one that I think you have seen him for a long time because they started as freshmen, and and I think back on that now and how well they played as freshmen. It's remarkable, um, you know. And now, now they're still only juniors, and and they have an opportunity to play. They've been building chemistry together, right? Like, you know, for for a long time now. Um, so I'm excited to see. Yeah, I'm very excited to see how our offense grows. Um, you know, um, there, there's no doubt about it that that in this day and age, faceoffs are going to be a huge thing. Um, Logan Purvis has been putting in a tremendous amount of time and effort there. I think he's hungry to establish himself as one of the, one of the premier faceoff guys in the league. And so it'll be, that's a challenge for him to do so. Um, you know, if that, if that comes together along with, like we said, if the defense has taken a step, um, you know, I, I think we, there's no doubt we can find ourselves back there again this year. That's where we want to be at the end of the year. 
All right. Well, we'll move on to, to question three. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, outside of, of that, um, there are a lot of teams that you could put, fill into that maybe third spot uh, in the division, I think. Um, one of those teams, I think, is Timberlane. I put them probably ahead of everybody else. And the main reason for that is... Uh, I'm it, not sure you should have them outside the top two, and I'm not just saying that right. right now. Like They played really well last year, and they returned They returned a lot. I think they lost a little bit more on offense they than did, maybe yes. some of the teams. Yeah. But they've got... I think you're going to find... They like to play a little coy out there. They don't like to... <laughs> you know, they play well, down in Massachusetts yeah, yeah. indoor. They don't necessarily like to show up. We know what they got. They've got some guys that are going to step in, and um, I, think, I think their offense is going to be way better than people expect it to be. Their defense, we know, is going to be good. Um, you know, they're backstopped by Brady Marston, who's one of the premier goaltenders in the league. Um, you know, on defense, um, Jake Manning coming back from injury is going to be huge for them. Uh, Gary Schivel, we already know about. He had a great year last year. And then um, um, Brendan Paris uh, is also going to be, uh, you know, huge for them this year. Their, their, their defense is going to be one of the – I personally, I think he's going to be one of the best in the league this year. Um, you know, and, and they play tough, they play physical, they play gritty. Um, you know, coach likes to say, you know, that, that time they spent up in division one was well spent. They, they learned how to play a very physical brand of lacrosse. And, um, you know, I agree with you. I think they're, I think they're in the mix as, as one of the premier teams. I think, I think Brady Marston makes it, makes the difference to me. Um, you know, they've, like you said, they lost guys on offense from last year, two years ago, they lost. You know, going into last year, it was the defense that you were, you know, you maybe wondered about where it was going to be because of the guys that they lost to graduation or, or injury last year. Um, and Brady's been kind of the, the constant throughout the last couple of years. Um, that's what really makes, I, to me, makes a, makes a big difference. Uh, just seeing him, you know, he, I, I mean, sometimes I feel like he plays so well, almost kind of take him for granted that, like, he's going to come up with the big save. And he usually does, um, at least the games you know that I've seen. It's a team that's been in the championship game two years ago, Final Four last year. I just, yeah, I, I, I would put them at or near the top of the division going in to, yeah. to this year. I mean, and their offense is going to get get better. Guys like Braden Bowman, Michael Savage, I think is poised to have a a, a breakout year this year at the midfield. Um, you know, they they've definitely got some very Jack Cond and Austin Charest. They've got some. They've got some really good pieces there. And and you mentioned um, Gary Shivel too, who I, I thought was. I mean, we we talked last year about um, you know what were they going to do to replace his older brother Joe, who you know had a knee. I'm I'm. Did I get that right? Yeah, Joe. Okay. I, I for a second there just uh, you know had one of those moments. Um, you know what were they going to do to replace him? You know, being out for the year, and then Gary steps in, kind of like he did with the football team in the fall la last year steps in and becomes almost the same guy. I mean, I, for a sophomore to do that, I thought was um, was an outstanding. I can't wait to see what, what he looks like this year. Yeah, I mean, he was that good as a sophomore last year. It's scary to think he's got two more years. Right. He's got two yeah. more years there. <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah, it's a team that, again, I would argue that should be, that should be placed in that, that top echelon up there of, of D2 teams. All right, question four. Uh, Winnicott is another team that's kind of been up at that spot, knocking on the door for the last, you know, four or five years. They were in the final in 2019. Uh, got a tough draw in that 2021, you know, COVID bracket. Um, 
2020 was tough for them and, too because well, they had they had a, they had a, they had a yeah, really good team. team in 2020. Yeah. I know I know Coach Snow was was devastated in and that year too. And then you know and then in 2021 they did they had a, they had a tough they had a tough draw that year. They have you're right. They've been knocking on the door for a while. Um, they they do they return they return some good players. I think they did lose a lot to graduation last year. But what I'll tell you what what would give me optimism or reason to uh, think that they can continue on is like they were one of the few JV teams that we played last year that had like I felt like legitimate guys were like wow these guys these guys could step in and play they weren't just there filling spots like the, these were guys that were there so I expect you know they did lose a lot but I expect there there may be some growing pains early in the season but I think this is a team that that will you know they always have athletes and they're going to be well coached and they're going to get better they return a nice core on offense Antonio Francioso Caleb White Ryan Siafi uh, Tanyan Zilikowski, I mean, all those guys played major roles on offense for him last year. So you get a nice core at midfield and attack. Defense, he loses a lot, but, you know, they always seem to have athletes <laughs> that pick yeah, up yeah. really quickly. Um, you know, and then, again, like a lot of teams, you know, how will their goaltending be? You know, um, how will that develop as the season goes along there? So, like I said, I think it's a team that – you know, has enough pieces early in the season that they're going to win a lot of games, but they're going to get better and better as the, as the season goes along. I'm sure there's a couple of uh, of a football guys that he's uh, picked out of the the hallways and given given polls to 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 fill in on those spots. Hundred percent, no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Uh, it always, I mean, always seems to be the case. I mean, they've they've had some really good um, guys come through there on the back end that have been multi sport athletes. Um, you know, the other team that's kind of in that group, I would say, or at least has been the last couple of years, are they going to stay in that spot, is is Wyndham. And one reason why I feel like they're always at that level is because they have, they've had an offensive guy, a guy on offense that has just been able to carry the load, you know, whether it's scoring assists or just ha- just handling the ball. This year, I don't know, do they have that guy coming back? Is, is it, they're a guy, you know, in the, you know, and with a new coach, um, you know, how is that going to look? Or are they going to be a little bit more spread out, a little more even on offense? Uh, I think it's a combination of both. I, I think, you know, they have a junior co-captain in, in Drew Denton, who uh, was an impact player for them last year as a sophomore. Um, he's capable of playing that war, that role. He's got a great shot on the run. He's got great vision. Uh, he's a good distributor. Um, you know, but I do think, uh, you know, they're going to have they're going to have to play a little bit more of a team ball than they have um, in the past. They can't be as reliant um, on one on one player. But Drew Drew's a nice piece to start with on defense. They've got Andrew Trudell coming back. Um, you know, he's a co-captain as well. Um, I they're they're a team that depth is going to have to you know they're going to need guys to grow up as the season goes along. They had a lot of guys who played a lot of big minutes for them graduate last year. And so, you know, how quickly those kids, the new kids, get up to speed um, is kind of dic- kind of probably dictate their success this season. Another team. Sorry, another team. I'm, I'm, I was counting the number of seniors they had on their roster last year. I think I counted 15. Another team that's going to be breaking yeah. in a new goalie this year, um, you know, and they do have some defensive holes that they need to fill. Or I don't know if they're holes, but they've got new starters, basically. Right, yeah. Um, new coach in, in, in Derek St. Cyr, who um, was an assistant previously so at least there's some familiarity coming right. up through the ranks um, I'm sure that'll be a big help all right and then the next question um, or the next next team we're going to go to um, one that uh, we've always joked about uh, you know having the scheduled playoff date here at Derryfield 
um, with St. Thomas. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like they're always again, they're in that group of teams that you expect to do well every year and they just always seem to be a step away. Like like they just one piece is that that one piece got get filled in this year, do you think for them? Um, I think I think they're gonna. St- I think it's gonna start on the defense. Well, I shouldn't say they. They're a well-rounded. They're a well-rounded team. I mean, I was gonna say we're gonna start with the defense, right? They've got Eli Allaire in goal. He was a very strong goaltender as a freshman. I remember him playing JV. He was really active, good ball stopper. Last year he had a really good year. Um, you know, they've got a guy in in Britton Dunbar um, on on defense uh, who who's a really physical pole for them. Um, you know, he's gonna be good. Uh, Caden Caswell on the defensive side, um, Zach Botchel, um, you know, guys like that are going to be are going to be really strong for them. Um, you know, offensively, they've got guys like Finley Detola, Jackson Estes, Anthony DiMartino as a senior. Um, they're going to be they'll be a really strong team again this year. You know, they were they, they put up some big numbers last year. Um, you know, they, they were an offense that when it got rolling, um, really, really lit up the scoreboard. And they were capable of playing some some really strong physical defense as well. Um, so I I think again it's a team that's going to have to develop in the faceoff circle. But they've got all the they've got kind of all the pieces that that make you think that this could be a really really good year for them. Yeah, you mentioned Estes, and he's kind of the guy you know as a freshman came out of. I, I mean, to me, came out of nowhere. Um, you know, wasn't a guy I had heard a lot of uh, about, and then just kind of was. Really, uh, you didn't hear center, about it. Yeah. He, he he he's from right over the border in Maine. Um, comes over there. Um, so he he played. You know, he played in the Maine league an awful lot. And so he was kind of a seeker. You know, sometimes we don't hear. We're we got that we got that central <laughs> New Hampshire bias here, where we don't. You know, s- central southern New Hampshire bias, where we don't hear about. You know, some of these guys on the seacoast a lot. But um, for the people in the know, we knew about Jackson Estes. He's uh, he was well talked about, and he and for a lot for a freshman, he lived up he lived up to the hype last year. I felt, you know. All right, next question. We're on to uh, what I think question or number seven. Um, you know, when when 2020 got canceled, um, you know, I remember talking to uh, Ruppy Haley, the the head coach, Oyster River Newmarket. I think that was about the time that they were adding Newmarket too. I think maybe that year was going to be the first one, or I don't know, something like that. Um, you know, and and he was really excited about the numbers that they were building up going into that year, and and hoping that it was going to continue and come down the pipeline. But it kind of felt like this year, maybe next year, was going to be the years that they kind of took that that next step. So I guess that's the question: is the Bob are the Bobcats poised for a real breakout year this year? Yeah, I, I think they could be. I think Coach is really excited. I think it's the first year since 2016 or 2017 that they've had a JV team. Numbers are ri- numbers are really good. Um, do you have that? I can't. I, I want to say sweat. Is it 17? I will. I will find it. Um, but yeah, I think oh, I think overall there's a lot of optimism there. Guys like Sam Gillamet. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this kid. Do you remember him from indoor? Yeah, Holy oh, cat. yeah. bowling ball. Jesus, I had the guy people ask me who that was. Yeah, who it was. I mean, I I don't know how a lot of people are going to stop him. I mean, he's big, strong, fit, good shot on the run. I mean, that's that's a nice that's a nice starting point there. You got Evan Plord down on down on attack. Um, they return a strong defense. Finn Mason in goal. It seems like you know, it's like about guys like names you've heard forever. For, it seems yeah, like he's been right. he's been there for. I think he probably would have started. He I know he started as a sophomore. He probably would have started as a freshman. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he he's a guy that's very good ball stopper. Takes up space. 
um, you know, is, is a great starting point for them on the defensive end there. Yeah, first time since uh, 2017 that they are going to have a, uh, a a JV team or a full, a full JV team, which is, you know, great to hear um, because I feel like we're hearing, you know, too much of the opposite uh, from a lot of places where you wouldn't expect it or, or where, you know, you, you where it hasn't been the case. Um, so, yeah, that's great to hear that their numbers are growing. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Sam. I mean, yeah, he was – I, he was very noticeable during indoor season. Um, did have a, a couple of people asking about, but yeah, having um, you have that kind of what at both ends with him on the one end and then Finn in the goal. Um, I mean, those are two just two great places to build from. I think the other thing that that Coach Haley's doing a great job of is like um, for a while, a lot of the kids that lived in the Durham area were were looking at other schools, right? They were looking at at Bruce, or at um, uh, Berwick's and, and other schools, right? And and more and more of those kids. Are, are staying home and, and going to Oyster River. You know, they're, they're really high on the kid, Ty Callender, who, who's coming in this year. I, I apologize if I didn't say your na- last name right, Ty, but um, they're, really, they're really excited about, um, about him and some of the other freshmen they have coming into the program. Um, you know, and, and I think that's a turning point in the program, too, is where, they can, where they're getting more of these kids. The youth program is starting to feed into the varsity. They're not having to teach the kids fresh coming into the program, which, you know, it, it makes graduation less of an impact. Right. All right. Next question. Uh, you know, for, for a while when we were doing this, I feel like we would sit down and say, you know, figure out who's going to be in the top here and then top so many teams. And, and every year it seemed that Merrimack Valley was finding its way into that top four or top six, top eight, uh, kind of, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but you know, they, you know, they'd have a couple good guys that would fly under the radar. Next thing you know, they're hosting an opening round playoff game. I know they've been down for a couple of years. They got a new coach this year and in, in, in Sean Gill, who seems very enthusiastic about, you know, what they're trying to do up there, what he's trying to do. Could the pride go back to being one of those surprise teams? And then when we're here beginning of June, you know, they're maybe the fifth seed or something like that. Absolutely. I think I think coach is really high on his team this year and he, and he should be. I mean, having having Ryan Carmichael in the goal is a great way to start. I mean, kids an excellent athlete, really good ball stopper. Again, one of the better one of the better goaltenders in the league. Um, you know, they had a a face-off a face-off player in Nick DeBello last year who was second team All-State. Um, you know, and then having Matt Sanborn down on attack. Uh, Aiden Monahan uh, down on defense. You know those, those guys. Each one of each one of those guys are, are going to be um, you know impactful players. Yeah, the the, the note you, those last two guys that you mentioned the notes here. I want to mention that that, that Coach uh, Gill sent in um, where he mentions you know calls Sanborn a, a Swiss Army knife. You know because of his versatility. Um, you know on that side of the field, uh, and then and then Monahan you mentioned six uh, five is what he's got him listed at here. Um, you know, six five with a with a long pole is probably more like eight feet. Uh, you know, it looks like eight feet. So I mean, that's that. Can't there. imagine the wingspan with a with a pole. I mean, that's just like that. um just such a, a an asset to have. Um, you know, and and it should be it should be you know that combined with the goalie. I mean, that's you know a great foundation to have. Um, yeah, I really think that that they're going to be. And they looked. You know, I saw them a couple times during the indoor season and. Their numbers always seem to be pretty good, um, you know, unless unless they had some ringers that were filling out the roster that I didn't realize. But you know, their numbers seem to be good. They seem to like to get up and play pretty fast, um, and they seemed into it. You know, 
Like they were one of the teams that I feel like throughout the year that I was, you know, when I would see them, the energy level was, you know, where you want, where it was consistent every week and it was always high. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they had, I think you hit the nail on the head. They had great turnout. They had great commitment all winter long. They had, uh, you know, tons of guys playing. Um, and, you know, they, I think they will be one of the teams in, in the conversation for one of the top spots at the end of the year. All right, next question we've got. Uh, you know, 2022 was a tough year for Hollis Brookline. Injuries pretty much decimated them for, for a lot of the season, and then they graduated a bunch of guys. Uh, from that group uh, so assuming that the injury bug can't hit them two years in a row like that um, you know they've got a lot of guys coming back um, do they have enough do you think to get them back into that uh, contender role absolutely I mean you only need you know in in most most levels of lacrosse you need you know you need a full line of guys at every position at every every position and I, I think they do I mean I think you know, especially at the midfield, you look at guys like Tommy Anderson and Ben Defoe. Um, you know, a kid that I think you're going to hear more and more about this year is J.P. Torgensen, um, big, strong athlete. I got I coached him in Tomahawks. Um, you know, that kid when he gets his hands free, he's another one that you know. It seems like every year Hollis has a kid that can just absolutely torch the back of the net, um, and that, that that's a kid that I think most people are going to know by the end of the year. Um, you know, I, I, Rudy Rosa is another one on defense that I got to coach in Tomahawks. And, you know, he, he is a really strong, uh, smart, uh, high IQ kind of defenseman, um, you know, which is going to, which is going to help them. Um, I, we keep running into these teams that, you know, have, they, they keep needing to break in goaltenders. And, and this is another team that's going to need to break in a goaltender this year. And I think a lot of their, you know, as we talked about, Fogo and, and, and goaltending, right? And, and I think this is another team that their, their success will grow over the season as those two positions become stronger throughout the season there. But, yeah, I mean, Ben, ben and Tommy were, were All-State uh, players last year. I expect them to be again this year. It's kind of a similar – I feel like a similar vibe to Wyndham where, you know, how do the other kids around them – uh, develop throughout the season if they do they're going to be a dangerous team that not many teams are going to want to play come playoff team yeah I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the goalie situation because that was going to be something that I, I asked you was you know yeah because that was a I feel like that was maybe you know a concern last year you know was who was going to step into that spot they had a couple of younger guys on their roster from a year ago but um, not not too sure who is the guy that's going to get that spot to start we'll find out in a couple weeks <laughs> We will, yeah. They have uh, they have an interesting opener too, um, taking on the uh, the newly formed Hillsboro Deering John Stark General Cats. I I don't I honestly don't know. I I think that's what see that's what the girls are going that, with. That's actually pretty cool. It's actually I kind of like that. It's actually weird if you look on the boys side of things online. It's listed as Hillsboro Deering John Stark. If you look at the girls, they're listed as John Stark Hillsboro Deering. And I think the girls are playing at John Stark, and the boys are playing at, at Hillsboro. General Cat sounds better than Cat, Cat General. Or they're the Hill Hillcat Generals. Hillcat Generals. Yeah, I like yeah. that even better. <laughs> I like that even better. <laughs> uh, we should, yeah. If anyone needs help naming their teams, you know, we uh, we've we've got uh, we could help you out with that. Yeah, uh, maybe not. Um, so next question. Um, looking at another team that that has been, you know, at times, you know, a, a, a champion. Going back to, to 2015, um, a team that was up there in the you know uh, top four, top six for years, falling back a little bit. 
Goffstown's got a new coach. Um, you know, th- a lot of the guys, a lot of the names that we were familiar with for a couple of years have moved on as well. I'll tell you what, it, it's hard for me to pick a dark horse because, like, every team I come across, I'm like, damn, these t- this team's got pot- – like, Go- I'm really high on Goffstown. They're another team that I saw play indoor a lot. And, again, good numbers. Um, I think they are having some kids step into roles either because they weren't starters or due to graduation last year that maybe they didn't get as much time. But they, they, returned, they returned some really good players. Um, Sean Cody and net, I mean, you know, he, he's another one where kind of like a Brady Marston where he's just kind of an eraser and, and really can make up for, you know, either mistakes or breakdowns or other things there. Um, that's, that's a really, that's a really nice place to, for them to, to them to start with. Um, I mean, what do you, what do you think about the Grizzlies this year? Uh, I mean, I did not get to see them as much during indoor. Um, you know, and, and with some, like said, the turnover there, I haven't gotten to familiarize myself as much. Um, but I do, I, you know, I do remember Cody from last year, um, lefty goalie, if I'm not mistaken too, right. He's so that, that adds a nice or a level, a little extra, you got a little extra, you got a scout, a little extra, you got to think about. And, you know, I mean, if you look at, you know, they've got guys like TJ Smittick coming back, Ethan Hansen coming back. I mean, those guys can bounce between, they're a little bit of a Swiss army knife. They can play attack. They can play. Uh, midfield, you know, I, I think I think they will primarily run at midfield this year. Um, super athletic kids, great shots on the run. Um, they had, you know, they had a they they do have to figure out again and who's going to take faceoffs for them this year. Um, you know, but I, they had guys like Sam Chapman. Um, they had they had some younger they had some younger attackmen last year. Andrew Seeley. Um, guys like that that got some time last year that I think are going to be really good for them take another step forward this year as, as sophomores. Um, so I, I think, again, it's a team that, um, you know, defensively, if they can put out a good defense in front of Sean, they can figure out the faceoff circle. I think they're going to be able to score. I mean, um, you know, I, they were, were you, I can't remember. I think you were at the game last year. We were, we were in a battle with them. Like we went in, we went into halftime with them. Uh, we were down, we were down a goal halftime with them last year. They, they played fantastic. And, um, you know, they're always, they're always big. They're always physical. Um, it'll be interesting. They have a new home field this year. They're not playing, not playing on the foot, <laughs> not playing on the football field right now. So I have no idea what to expect. I, at least I always knew when we went out to their field, the grass was going to be grown long and there were going to be some weird bounces. I have no idea what their municipal park is like out there. So that'll be, that'll be a new experience when we go out there. This I year. didn't know because we were talking, we were talking about this before that they all their games are listed as being played at the Goffstown sports complex, which I assumed was going to be their new home field at the school, um, which would have been a shock because I don't know how you turn that around that fast, but you're saying it's what I used to be known as Bernard Park, which that's what I, I thought believe it was. That, was. that is that is, those are the directions that may, well maybe they're just trying to get my bus lost. But I, that yeah. was, that, that's where <laughs> that's where we're going. Um unless I hear it differently. So well, I, just be interesting. Um, make sure, you know, I don't think the swimming pool will be open there by the time oh. uh when you guys are, are, are playing. So maybe uh, an ice cream afterwards. We'll see. <laughs> um so next uh you know was it I wanted to talk about a, a Kingswood team that two years ago was what I want to say a Final Four team, or was you know in that that COVID year was was a bit of a surprise, you know it's again you talk about the the Seacoast kind of sometimes, you know, not knowing what's going on out there, certainly don't always know what's going on up north, um, you know, but they with with what they had coming back last year, I think expectations were were high, came up a little bit short. This year, it looks like they've got a younger group coming back. Um, 
but they always younger group, but putting in a lot of work. They've been, they've been really active in the off season. Um, Their coach is so into it and building again, building culture, building commitment, getting kids out to play year round. Um, Again, it is tougher. The further North you go, you're further away from leagues. You have less opportunities, but these kids are making that commitment. I think guys like Will Crane at the midfields, um, Colin Davey as a senior defender, big, strong kid. Um, you know, guys like uh, Keegan Russo on attack. Um, you know, they, they have some guys that are going to be able to, to score for them this year. Um, I, I think they can. I think this is a, another building year for them. But I, I would, it wouldn't shock me to see them in the playoffs this year and, and give a lot of teams all they can handle. And you mentioned uh, Mike Manning, I believe, is a, an alum, uh, Kingswood alum. You know, to have him back there now for a couple of years, building some consistency with that program, too. I mean that's a that's a huge. I don't benefit. have their full staff in front of me, but they they have a coaching staff that that would be the envy of most teams. They have a lot of guys helping them out, and a lot of guys tied uh, to the program. Uh, the Tetrault brothers are there helping them out. They were they were former players. Um, you know, yeah, they've they've got a deep coaching staff with a lot of knowledge there. So um, you know, I hope I hope the kids up there appreciate it. They 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 are getting some really good coaching. Well, while we're talking about you know schools from up north. Um, Let's mention Kennett, too, new coach this year in, in, in Trent Weston. Um, you know, he mentions that they have a, uh, a varsity roster with 23 guys on it, 12 of whom are seniors, um, lots of starters all over the field. They're going to have a, a full JV team. Um, with that many guys, you know, that much experience, um, you know, that many guys that are seniors, you know, you were talking about, you know, Goffstown potentially being a dark horse kind of team. I'm going to go out there and say I think that the Eagles might be your okay. dark horse playoff team this year. Um, I know they've been down for a while, um, but they I don't, wouldn't I, you know, shot. They've been yeah. there. They've yeah. been there before. They've been there before. They've been in the playoffs before. And you know, I I think the thing again, the thing that really you know hurts them is one access access to playing in the off season, and two, you know, is there still snow on the ground in North Conway? Right, the fields the fields always take a little bit longer to open. You're stuck in a gym or a parking lot a little bit longer. But, yeah, I mean, looking at that list of returning starters and, and um, you know, having that many kids in the program, 12 seniors, all those things, uh, it, it wouldn't shock me if they if they were, you know, one of those teams that were able to get into the playoffs this year. I should know this being in the division. Are we are we taking 14, 16 teams? 14. 14. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all you got to you got to – It's 14, and then there's two that are, are ineligible for the postseason, yeah, yeah because of move, petitioning down from – Correct. from division one yep yeah so it's really so it's 14 te- 18 teams for 14 spots yeah so they i mean you know you you going to say we kind of talked about this in division one right there's really no one in division two that probably is going into the season feeling we got no shot to make the playoffs right this year. right and they've got you know they've got an interesting start to their season um you know kingswood uh on that first tuesday and then they're off until they come here to come in to play dairy field uh on the 17th then uh, Hanover, Pembroke, and, and Plymouth. Um, and in fact, actually, they play Hanover then on the 21st, and then they're off until May. So they they are off all of vacation, uh, April vacation week. That is a packed May schedule there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so I mean, they're gonna, you know, they'll be well rested going into uh, yeah. into the second half of the year there. Yeah, I would assume in, on March 29th that the NHI website is is accurate at this point. Well, I mean. Well, we you know we, said that, we, we said that yeah but. we said that last week that we were we it wasn't up to date yet and then I went home four hours later and they'd updated it there you so go. 
They they heard you. Yeah, they they think your office is bugged. <laughs> uh, next question. Alvern has a new coach in, in Cam DeBrus this year, returns nine players. Um, they made the playoffs last year for the first time, I believe, in program history, out, you know, outside of 2021. Um, how much can they build on that, do you think? With you know, How much does, does maybe getting a new coach in there maybe re-energize a little bit? You got guys back. When I, again, another team that I saw in indoor that really seemed to be excited to be there. Yeah, this is this is a really they're they're a really dangerous team. You talk about dark horses. It's a team that last year you could kind of see the potential with it, and I I think I think if any team surprises us this year, this Alburn may be that Alburn may be that team. You know, I haven't I haven't taken a close look at their schedule, um, but I think if things fall right for them, they they can definitely be in the playoffs. They have a lot of youth. Um, guys that are still maturing and, and, and getting better, but they have a lot of guys. They, it's a very good town program, and they have a lot of guys that are that are playing clubs. So the skill level, the skill level is there. If they come together as a team, um, I mean, you you could see it last year. There were just, there were there were times where you're like, holy cow, there there is some really uh, flashes of some really really good talent out on the field out there. So yeah, I, I would look for Alvin as one of those teams that. Don't take them lightly. Like that's a team. I mean, we certainly, uh, you know, we we would be looking at them as a, as a as a potential, you know, team that we've got to we've got to scout and and work for. You know, one one guy that I I, I do want to mention too. Um, you know that I well I take that back. They I'm not sure who it was, but I remember from watching indoor. Um, they've got two two goalies listed on last year's roster. And both are are listed without positions or, or you know uh, who's might be the starter there, um, but I believe Aiden Kelly and uh, Michael Gregori. Um, I believe I, Aiden Aiden, Aiden is uh, the, was their was their starter okay. last year. Doesn't mean he'll necessarily right, be the starter right. this year, but he was he was strong. I remember he made some he made some really good saves against us, and I watched some tape on him last year before we played him and. Um, you know, I, I I apologize. I'm pretty sure it was Aiden that, that were there, but that's a name I <laughs> whoever, recognize. From whoever last year. it was that and, was playing indoor with him this yeah. year was, I thought, was pretty good, pretty feisty, yep, um, and aggressive for for a goaltender. And and I think that's a a nice place to start for them. Um, like I kind of alluded to a moment ago, we got a couple teams that are are moving down this year, um, moved down from Division One. Uh, the first of those being uh, Keeneman Adnock. Uh, which seems to have finally gained some consistency. Um, you know, they've been in the co-op for a couple of years now. Uh, Christian Smith has been the head coach there for a couple of years, which I, I got to imagine helps, you know, as you're trying to integrate those two programs. Um, again, because they petitioned down, um, that makes them ineligible for the playoffs this year. But given that, could they be a bit of a spoiler this season and, and maybe, you know, impact the playoffs in that way? Yeah. They're a young team, but you can already see that the consistency in coaching and and just uh, numbers have improved. They they were a team that yeah, they made the trip out to play indoor in Bedford every single weekend on Sundays. Had a lot of guys had a lot of guys showing up, um, but they are they're going to be young this year. But I I do think you know knowing okay you know we're not worried about the playoffs it takes a little bit of pressure off, allows you to do a little bit more teaching, almost uh, uh I, not completely like the COVID year, but like similar to a COVID year where like you almost kind of said, well, you know what? The regular season doesn't necessarily matter, right? And we're gonna we're just going to try and do the best we can. We're going to get better as, a, as as each game goes along. Um, but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of reason for for optimism with this group here. Um, they they do have a lot of guys playing in the off season, and um, you know it, it's a team over the next couple of years to to really keep an eye on. You know, with a group like this, you know, Coach Smith mentioned in his you know his um, write up. 
you know, they've got a senior captain in, in Johnny Griffin returning. He's the only one mentioned that, that you know, being a senior. So those kind of, you know, situations where you have a guy who's been around for a while can be a leader to a group of younger guys. I almost, I feel like you that's a good way to kind of build some things is because you've got that, that captain who, you know, everybody kind of looks to. There's no question as to who your leader is. And for, for guys that are, are just coming up, I mean, that, you know, to have that one one guy that maybe shows you how shows you the way it kind of inst- can instill that in like everyone else yep and then uh, you're building culture for the for the groups going forward you're gonna have you're gonna have a, a good junior class a good sophomore class freshman class there so um yeah and i think you know it, it's great that they the co-op was allowed to happen as quickly as it did because you know you really Monadnock, it's a team that, um, you know, I was sad when I heard that was happening because I remember when we were down in Division Three, so many great games against them. I hated traveling out there. But, like, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, it was, it was a really fun – I would even call it a rivalry. Like, we, we really – even going back to when we were in club, I remember Monadnock was a club team and, and we had dropped down to club for a little while. Um, yeah, I, I was really sad to hear that, that the numbers that had dropped off there – but the fact that those programs are now saved uh, because of the co-op is a great, great thing. Well, Monadnock was always, I mean, it was a team that we, we went into the year. The Hart brothers? N- knowing, well, not really knowing a ton about. They'd show up with 12 guys and they'd get in the Final Four. Yeah. Every year it felt yeah. like. Yeah. That's uh, you know, like I said, a lot of a lot of good, a lot of good and bad memories from <laughs> yeah. that rivalry. But it was it was fun. And so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Keem Monadnock play this year. So the other team that um, is going to be new to Division Two coming down from D one is Sauhegan. However, Sauhegan's kind of in the same boat that Hanover was in the previous cycle. Moving down isn't so much petitioning down there, just not petitioning up into Division One. Correct. So they are eligible for the the playoffs because their enrollment puts them in D two. Second time that they've moved down to Division Two um, in the program's history, and the last time. Um, it felt, you know, last time they had kind of maybe been in the same spot. They had been on the downslide in D1. It felt like the program needed a, a, a shot in the arm. They go moved down. They made the final one year. They got in the final four the other year. They go back up to D1, and they were fairly competitive in Division One for the last 10 years or so. Is this a move that can do the same kind of thing this, this time around? I think again, if, if the as long as the you know the youth program is taken care of, uh, I think you need consistency in, in coaching and building culture and, and wanting people you know not without sounding corny, but like I want to be a saber, right? And and building that pride in there, um, they've got some good kids to do it. You know, guy guys like Brett Bouvier, Cole Manning, um, AJ Hawks. Um, you know, they've they've got some guys that are really proud. Uh, AJ Crow. You know. Um, they, it's going to be a younger team this year. They're going to need some guys to. They're going to need some guys to step up. Um, Zach Wyburnie, um on attack, um, they, but but the pieces are there. Um, you know, and I, I think it's a good move for where they are right now to kind of to kind of have more. I don't know if winnable games aren't the right word, but just um, you know an opportunity. You know, kind of almost like we were talking about with Keem Manadnak, right? Where it kind of takes the pressure off. Where you know. You're not playing BG twice a year. You're not playing Pinkerton twice a year. You're not playing Exeter. And, you know, when you're trying to be competitive with those guys, it also takes a toll on you physically, right? And when you have a younger roster, this this is a more manageable um, schedule to go through for the year. You know, and two other guys I want to mention, too, that I don't think I, – I think you – I don't think you did. Um, on defense, they got Brady Melvin, who yep. was a uh, football captain, um, kind of a, a potential captain uh, for this group, too, to kind of – 
lead that side of the ball. And then uh, another guy who is just, I, I, you know, saw him play football this year, saw him play basketball, just a tremendous athlete. Excited to see what he does in lacrosse is Maddox McGrath. Um, you know, really a, a, a high-level athlete uh, at both of those sports. I think he'll, he'll bring a lot to this team, both too. Of the, both of those guys were listed as midfielders last year. Didn't mean they didn't play some defense <laughs> last year, but, yeah. like, you know, now you put athletes like that, you put a pole in their hand, that could that could be a nice start there for them. Um, but again, you know, another team with without a goal, a returning goalie listed, right? So that'll be that'll be interesting. Oh, to see, I can you know, I, that in. I can update you there too. Okay. I have a I have a goalie for you, senior Josh Dupuy. Okay. is going to step in at goal. Um, I'm not sure how how much he's played. He was there. a midfielder last was, year. There you go. So he's listed on the roster as a midfielder. Um, so he's taken on a on um, a pretty big role there for them. Um, interested to see how that turns out. I I mean, we've seen that happen in the past where a field guy takes on. Um, takes on that position and, and has a standout year. And a lot of success with it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think it is a good move for them right now, and I'm, uh, I'm excited to see them come down and play with us. It, it's, been a, it's been a good rivalry for us over the last couple of years. I think you remember we, uh, during the COVID year, we got to play them uh, in the Dome. That was a lot, or in the, um, the Bedford Center. That was a lot of fun. Um, continued it last year, and um, we were able to get a game with them again this year. So excited to to keep them in in the rivalry we've had for the last couple of years going. You played them last year? Uh, yes, we did. Yep. Hmm. I must have. I must have missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course. I mean, I don't. Who know? I, we're talking about a year ago. I, I may have a hard time remembering where I was a month ago. So uh, that's just the way it's going these days. Um, and then I get, um, you know, another team want to throw out there too, uh, Conval. You know, they were they were kind of the dark horse last year. I think they were. I think they ended up finishing seventh in the standings, if I'm uh, not mistaken. But but with a shot, I think in the last week to potentially be a top four, yeah, uh, seed. Um, obviously, things have changed quite a bit out there. New coaches, um, some players that that left. Um, but what uh, what are your kind of impressions of? of the, the, the other Cougars they <laughs> they return they return some good players Noah Lambert uh Dylan O'Sullivan Gabe Frett on offense Noah Stewart Bryson Boyce and Everett uh Benham on on defense uh Nick Squirido on as a goaltender he was super strong for them last year really good out of the cage good ball stopper um you know they they've got I don't think they have a lot of depth but the guys that they're going to be able to put on the field um, again, going to be going to be a tough going to be a tough out out for a lot of teams. It looks like it's going to be a little bit more of like a coaching committee out there for them too. Um, you know, with with just the you know uh, almost like a group of coaches. It seems like I know um, uh, why why is his name not coming to me here? Barton uh, Wheeler, I believe, is the as the kind of the head coach. Nick Duffy, Dan Fox, as guys who are returning, but also kind of in that. You know, group of coaches that may, may I, again, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how it'll probably specific. it'll probably help, yeah, right? With a yeah. new head coach coming in, you've got some guys that have been around the program, around the town, uh, that that know the kids, um, and help the new head coach to to get his feet wet and get um, get you you know get to know the strengths of the strengths and weaknesses of the team a little bit quicker than maybe if you were coming trying to assemble your own staff. You know, and, and Joe, one more team I think you got to keep an eye on this year, uh, a former playoff team a couple of years ago, Pembroke Academy. Um, you know, they've, I would say the overall, they had a group that came through in, uh, in the COVID year 2021, when we were, when we got back at it, you know, had a, had a group of stronger, uh, seniors and kids that graduated. And it looked like, I mean, there was fear that the program was going to, was going to fold. 
Um, Coach O'Brien stepped in, um, got the number, you know, did a lot of recruiting, got the numbers back uh, to where they need to be. And I think they're, they're still in a little bit of a transition phase where numbers are good, working on the talent, working on getting kids out there. They've got a new – I got a new coach in Coach Bill Lawson who's, who's formerly – he's been at Goffstown, he's been at Central, he's coached at Bow, he coached at Terry Field. Um, one, of the, one of the more senior coaches uh, still coaching with us here, a lot of years of experience. He's assembling a good uh, – a, a really good staff out there. Um, I think if these kids can buy into, um, you know, the knowledge that's going to be brought to them and stick with it, it's a program that could be on the rise over the next couple of years. Well, that is a uh, a lot of teams uh, in a division. Um, I know we didn't get to to everybody. Um, we covered, I feel like, a pretty a pretty good uh, a fair amount of the teams. And in we're division gonna two, and, and we're gonna we've got a full. It's it's March 29th. <laughs> it we got a yeah, full. Yeah. We got a full two months ahead of us. A little bit longer, actually. I think we're. I think we'll safely get to uh, to just about every team in Division Two if we didn't if we didn't touch on them this week by the end of the season. You know, I I think with. Um, you know, as, as much fun as I like to make about, you know, this being such a big division, I, I think the number of teams, the number of teams that get into the playoffs, you know, yeah, you've got your teams up at the top that are, are you know, we have a good guess of who's going to be there, um, you know, but maybe outside of that top five, six, it, you know, it, it, it makes for some real competitive lacrosse and some some eye-opening sometimes outcomes. I know I feel like last year, you know, as we were coming down the last couple of weeks looking at um, – you know some of the results and being like, "Wow, we okay, wow, that that's interesting. That's gonna really shake up the playoffs this way or that." So, uh, I think you're gonna see the same thing again this year. I know everybody looks on paper, and I'm, I, you know, I, I I agree with you that you know the the top couple teams, you know, based on coming in, that's what they look. At. But we had upsets last year. We had teams. We had teams across the board. You know that that uh, that got beat throughout the year. Yes, Portsmouth did run the table. They did lose Exeter, but they ran the table in D two. I, I think um, I think given any any week here, any but there are a bunch of teams that are capable of pulling off wins against each other this year, um, and I so I think it's going to make for a really competitive, exciting season uh, in Division Two. Yeah, I agree. Looking looking forward to it already. Well, I think uh, unless you've got anything else you want to add, uh, that'll probably wrap us up for for this week. I think we're good for this week, Joe. We're looking right. forward to next week. We got uh, we got some. I think people will be finishing up scrimmages next week, and then we'll be we'll start maybe uh, we got we got to do our division, division, division three, three questions. Preview. Yep, and maybe we finish division three with some uh, some games that we're looking forward to in that opening week. Oh, there's a lot. My schedule. You you I, every year I say to you, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna cut back this year. I'm not gonna do multiple games on a day, and then and then the first week comes, and I'm like, oh, I want to go there. And I want to go there, and I want. And the next thing I know, I got nine games in my first uh, first week. I think that's a good thing. You're giving the readers what they want. Yeah, it we'll also be, means we'll I'll be, be looking forward. Got to get your subscriptions in now, so we can get yeah. the we can get on those uh, those good game I, reports. I will also be burnt out by May first, so uh, that's always fun. Anyway, uh, he is Derry Field boys lacrosse coach and AD Chris Hetler. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next week.